Welcome back to Living Jewishly with the Rabbis Rubenstein. My name is Rabbi Marcus. I'm Rabbi Rachel. Hi, everyone. And we are the Rabbis Rubenstein. <laughs> Happy are. to be back with you here on this podcast right now. Um, thank you so much for those who have listened to us in our previous episode on Kashrut. Really appreciate it. We got a lot of positive support on that pos- on that episode. Uh, we got feedback. It was lovely. And it was lovely to be able to connect. Um, so thank you. Yeah, it really means a lot to us. You know, we put out this project to see what would happen. And, and really every single person who took the time to listen and give us feedback and share with us their experience of the podcast, it really, it means a lot. So thank you. Really, thank you. Yeah, it was really, really meaningful. So it's been a while since we've made a podcast. Why is that, Rabbi Rachel? There have been one or two or billion. seven holidays. A billion holidays. There have been so many holidays. We've had Slichot, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, two days of Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, Shemini Atzeret, Hoshana Rabbah, Simchas Torah, you name it. We've had it. We yeah. have had a lot of holidays. How was your holiday experience? Busy, as you might be able to tell. Um, it was really a wonderful experience, again, be on the beam here at the High Holidays. I think we spoke about meaningful things. You can listen to our High Holiday sermons um, on our, uh, you can connect to the link through our weekly emails that we send out or uh, um, also by going to uh, tour from Temple of Aaron at, at the anchor.com website or through Apple iTunes or through Spotify, you name it, you can find it and you can find our sermons from Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur or the rest of the holidays. Um, but yeah, the holidays were great. The holidays were fantastic. I always enjoy Sukkot sitting in there thinking in the sukkah. We had your uh, family over, which was really fun. Um, we had a bunch of kids in the house, which was really great. See Hadassah run. Hadassah loves that sukkah. She oh my gosh, it. she was so upset. Rabbi Marcus took down the sukkah uh, without her and she comes out onto our backyard and she said, mommy, where's the sukkah? <laughs> she was so upset that it was gone. Yeah, she loves that sukkah. And the, the best thing she said to me is, you know, after we built the sukkah the first night, she says to me, you know, and I'm, I'm going in to get the dinner. And, he, and she says, why are you going inside? That's not our home anymore. Our home's the sukkah, which is exactly what you're supposed to do is make the sukkah your home for those days of the Sukkot holiday. Um, so I like to think that she she really connected with the message right there. Oh, she is from on Sukkot. She is strict on Sukkot. She would not let us anytime I ate a morsel throughout the holiday of Sukkot, she would yell at me, mommy, you have to go in the sukkah. She was very strict on it. Yeah. But honestly, I am so happy to get back to the regular days. I don't know. There's, there's some people I think that are like holiday people that like really look forward to holidays. And when things are different, I look forward to when things are the same. I like the routine. I like knowing what's going to happen, what things are, what my schedule is. I like to just deal with the normal challenges of life. Um, and so I'm very happy to um, be in the everyday. You and I are homebodies. That's something we share in common. That is we true. like to be at home. We like our routine. We like, yeah, we like being home. Yes. Yes, we're boring. <laughs> Hashtag keep St. Paul boring. It's a thing. It's a thing. But of course, it's not like this month of October is without holidays. There's certainly, 
a holiday in October, and it might be on many of our minds, and it's Halloween. But, of course, is that a Jewish holiday? How do you say Halloween in Hebrew? Hey. Um, Yeah, it's not a Jewish holiday. I think we know that very well. It's sort of become an American holiday. Um, But it's always sort of been a question of like, what do Jews do with Halloween? Um, We want to be part of this country and and certainly the fun parts of being part of this country, dressing up in costumes, going trick-or-treating, eating candy is always fun. Rabbi Rachel's uh, favorite pastime is eating chocolate. So I think she can identify with that. Um, and uh, We could do a whole podcast on my opinions on the rankings of the chocolate bars. Oh, there you go. I'm sure everyone's clamoring for- That's a controversial ch- one. Chocolate bar rankings. It's a controversial one. <laughs> what you need from your rabbi in the 21st century, <laughs> chocolate bar rankings. No, but so Halloween is is, is coming up. And we, want, we you know, as, as Americans, I think we want to be part of the celebrations that are going on. And it's fun. Uh, it's people like dressing up in costumes and and the candy and the parties and everything like that. It's it's wonderful. It's fun. Um, but on the other hand, um, there are many problematic parts of the Halloween holiday and that might conflict with Judaism. So the question really becomes of like, what are those problems and how do we deal with them? And how do we deal with Halloween as modern Jews living in the modern world, knowing that we don't want to be completely separate from America and American culture and want to be with our neighbors. But on the other hand, um, we want to um, be true to our values and also um, be unified with the rest of the Jewish community as well. Um, So that's kind of the question of today. So I want to really start with our personal experiences about Halloween. Rabbi Rachel, would you like to first share a personal experience about Halloween? Sure. I mean, I actually don't have that much personal experience with Halloween. You know, I'm someone who doesn't have any nostalgia looking back on childhood experiences of Halloween. It wasn't ever really on my radar. It's not something I ever engaged in. I don't, I never went trick-or-treating with my friends. I never, it just really wasn't a big part of my life growing up or now. So I, I, you know, I know some people have strong feelings about Halloween. They feel a lot of nostalgia for it, or it brings up a lot of childhood memories. It's really, it's not part of, it's not part of my life experience. Very interesting. Cause that's very different from my experience growing up. Um, I had a ghost outside and a glow-in-the-dark pumpkin. It happened. And there might have even been fake spider web on one of our trees at one point growing up, believe it or not. Um, that happened. Um, I went trick-or-treating almost every year of my life. Um, you know, New York is sort of like Minnesota where you wear the costume, but the jacket is actually over the costume. So it really doesn't matter anyway. Um, the thing is, my parents love, they would love going to Six Flags Amusement Park and they always would have this Fright Fest. And I love roller coasters and I love amusement parks, but I do not like scary things. Like to this day, I don't go in haunted mansions. That's just something I don't do or haunted houses. It it freaks me out. Okay. Don't know what to say. Just is, is a part of who I am. Um, And yet they would constantly take me to Six Flags Fright Fest every year. It was like a tradition. Our family got cheap tickets on the back, like the Diet Coke can or something like that. And they take us um, and they loved it, but I hated it. And it was for my birthday because my birthday is around in October. It's October 15th. 
Um, and I hated it every single year. I just did not like spooky things. I, I, and I didn't understand really, like, why would you submit yourself to something scary? Um, if we had more time, we'd love to bring someone in who understood what's so great about being scared about things and why someone would submit themselves to it. So if you have thoughts about that, please send that to us. We'd love to hear that. I think that's an interesting topic. Um, but yeah, I don't like scary things. I don't get it. Doesn't make sense to me. We don't watch um, scary movies. Uh, we really, we're mostly comedy people, I would say, right? Yeah, I dabble in true crime, but you won't watch with me. Dabble in true crime <laughs> is a little, <laughs> okay. We'll save that for another episode, Rachel's love of true crime. Um, but so, yes, yeah, so that's our experiences with Halloween so much. Um, let's talk about the origins of Halloween. Where does Halloween come from? Like, what is the actual history of Halloween? I did a little bit of research on this, and, and I think most of us know a little bit about this, that Halloween was originally a, a, a Celtic pagan holiday um, called Samhain. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, um, but it was a holiday where um, they believed that the demons would come down and the spirits of the night would come down upon your house and visit you. And you would like ask the demons for things. And then you'd also uh, connect somehow to the devil somehow. Some, somehow the devil ran the world that night. Now, I don't know about Celtic theology a lot, um, but that is what from reading on Wikipedia and uh, other sites as well, um, I know about the holiday. Um, and of course, the Catholic Church did not like this holiday. They didn't like people speaking to demons. And uh, certainly they, they thought of it maybe as devil worship or something like that. So they try to replace it with a holiday called All Hallows Eve. Um, and All Saints Day on November 1st. Um, and they really tried hard to sort of replace this, this very popular pagan festival with a Christian or a Catholic holiday um, that was okay um, theologically. Um, but of course, what happens to good, many good efforts? Instead, that became subsumed within Halloween. So Halloween is a combination, therefore, of a Catholic Christian holiday and a pagan festival. Um, so it actually became some subbed one into the other and all Hallows Eve now is Halloween and it's all one and the same. There is nothing the Jewish tradition likes more than a combo pagan Catholic holiday. That's That's like a, a, <laughs> yeah, what can be better than that? <laughs> Sounds like a, the ancient rabbi's worst nightmare. Exactly, exactly. The point that's brought up often, right? We could say this is an idolatrous holiday, but like, Who's actually doing that now? I mean, I'm sure there's like some Wiccans somewhere or there's some kind of people who are taking it really seriously. But the great, 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 great majority do not take the religious element of the series seriously. It's a day to have fun. It's a day to dress up in costume, maybe do some mischief, um, go to a party, dress up, right? Those aren't things that are forbidden by Judaism. And maybe the mischief category will see how much it goes. But um, those things aren't forbidden by Judaism. And, and certainly the many, most of the people who are practicing the holiday today do not believe in those things. So where does it stand? As, as a Jew today, certainly if people were really doing and practicing idolatry on this day, I think every rabbi would agree and say, no, you can't do that, right? Can't, can't worship foreign gods. We know that one. Can't do that one. But then like, but what about this one where it's kind of both, right? That it has this really problematic origin Yet the way it's celebrated today isn't as immediately problematic in that regard. So what do we do about that? Well, we've had this sort of discussion before within the codes. Um, there's a famous code of Jewish law called the Shulchan Aruch, um, written by Rabbi Yosef Karo in the 16th century, one of the greatest 
uh, legal code of, Jewish legal codifiers of all time, one of the most important legal codes that codified Talmudic law. And there's a commentary, a very important commentary, especially for Ashkenazic Jews, um, written on this uh, particular um, text called the Ramah or Rabbi Moshe Israelis, and he wrote the Mappah. And it is, has become a guide for Ashkenazic Jews um, for sure. And he wrote um, on a similar topic, he wrote this. He said, those practices done as a Gentile or non-Jewish custom or law with no reason one suspects that in an idolatrous, that in an idolatrous practice or that there is a taint of idolatrous origins, right? So when looking at a non-Jewish custom, he's saying, and you say as a Jew, can I do this custom or not? You first have to say to yourself, is there an idolatrous origin to this holiday, right? Is there something that is uh, idolatrous about the origins of this holiday? Um, and of course, with this, with Halloween, we'd say yes, right? There are certainly idolatrous origins. Um, but then he goes on and says, however, these customs which are practiced for a reason, such as the physician who wears a special garment to identify him as a doctor, can be done. The same is true for any custom done out of honor or any other reason is permissible, right? So if there's a logical reason why we're doing this holiday and it no longer has the idolatrous element in it, although its origin was pseudo-idolatry, right? But there's a real purpose for doing it, right? Like a doctor wearing a doctor's outfit in a hospital, right? To demarcate that he's a doctor or to honor the fact that that person or that she is a doctor. Um, any of those things, that would be considered acceptable. Um, but in the case of Halloween, there really isn't this kind of need in the same way, or there's no honoring that's going on. Um, so in this case, according to the Ramah, most halachic authorities will look at Halloween and say, no, it is not permissible. Why? Because it has an idolatrous origin, right? And there's no necessity to observe it today for someone's honor or a great need within society. There are many other ways where we can have fun and have a good time and not do it with this holiday. Um, so that, if, if I was to give you the straight up normative, uh, uh, traditional halachic answer, that that's, might be where you come from. But of course, you know, there, that's not the only um, thing to consider. And, and there are also values behind this, 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 this logic as well. Um, there is a verse in the Torah that says, Lo goyim, right? Don't walk according to the laws or the ways of the non-Jews around you. And there's been a lot of machloket or a lot of controversy of how far does this go? Um, does this mean that we shouldn't observe the idolatrous customs if, if our non-Jewish neighbors do something that's considered idolatrous or worshiping of idols? Um, therefore, then we shouldn't do it? Or is this also, is this have a much more wider rubric? Meaning just because people who are, it, the custom started with people who are not Jewish, therefore we should not do it, right? So, you know, they wear pants, so I'll wear a dress, right? That kind of logic. They wear a scarf, I'll wear a hat, right? Um, and there is a value behind this because in Jews, in Jewish values, right? There is a value sort of of being separate, of maintaining one's distinctness as a Jew, um, separate from those who are not Jewish. That is an ingrained value within a lot of Judaism, right? Which is really, really important here. So how far are we going to go with this law of don't walk with the way of, of, of non-Jews, right? So um, it's really important. Um, on the other hand, 
we want to be part of American society. We are proud Americans to be here. Um, and so we don't want to take this law to an extreme of saying we have to be completely separate from our non-Jewish neighbors. That's against many of our values. So the question that comes from, from Jews who choose not to separate themselves completely from secular society, which is well, probably all of us listening, um, including ourselves, then the question is, when, do, when does this apply? When do these values apply? How do we keep our distinctiveness as Jews um, yet also be part of our society as well? And where, where does this hang? Um, so that's, that, that's the general idea of when we're looking at halacha and we're looking at Jewish law of, of, and considering, should we observe Halloween or should we not? That's sort of where the law says. Um, you could probably make a good argument by saying, well, there really is a necessity because if being part of American society is a necessity of what we want as a purpose, which it really is, then maybe there is a purpose of observing Halloween, of, of being part of it, because we want to be part of America. And they're not doing anything still idolatrous, right? It's only of idolatrous origins. So maybe even within the, within the Ramah, maybe even within Rabbi Moshe Israelis' comments, and maybe if we interpret Lo Telchu Bahuko to Goyim, don't walk in the in the ways of, 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 of the non-Jewish people. If we say it only applies to actual idolatry, maybe we can do it, then it's okay to do parts of American culture, right? So that's okay. So you could probably find a halakhic way to say, okay, maybe I, maybe it's okay for us to observe it. But I think the conversation that Rabbi Rachel and I want to get to is like, what are the values behind it? Yeah, I mean, I think when we, especially when we look at lo telchu bechukot hagoyim, not to walk in the path of the non-Jews around us, um, I mean, that's a, it's a slippery slope. I mean, especially for us who, as you said, try and live as full and proud Americans. Um, we don't live a separate existence. I mean, can, can, putting aside any uh, moralistic arguments about football, like, can you watch the Super Bowl, right? There's no religious, uh, there's no religious ramifications to the Super Bowl unless you are someone who has made football your religion of, of whom I know a few. Um, but you know, but it's certainly, uh, you know, a secular, uh, general American practice. So you might say, no, you shouldn't watch it because you should separate yourself and not go according to anything that isn't kind of strictly Jewish and Jewish culturally and Jewish religiously. Um, and that's not, that's not the lives we live or the lives we strive to live. Right. And, and I mean, and I would call football maybe, a, again, if you ignore the moral ramifications, we can have a football episode at some point. Um, but if we or, ignore some of the moral ramifications of, of football injuries, um, I would call that a neutral holiday, like Super Bowl, right? In terms of Judaism, right? But then there are also like Judaism positive, I would say, secular festivals like Thanksgiving, right? Thanksgiving is like such a Jewish holiday. It, it, we have a big meal uh, in gratitude uh, for everything we have, right? That's so Jewish to me. Um, and it's, it's, it's so connects to Judaism. Uh, Veterans Day, Memorial Day, right? These are all things that we believe in Judaism, honoring those who served us, who, who were in the military. That's uh, honoring those who lost their lives fighting for good cause. That's one of the most Jewish things we can possibly do. So there's many, there's many facets of our uh, holidays that are actually um, positive, I would say, for Jewish values. So sort of how do we make these decisions? Yeah. And I mean, I wonder if we look in, you know, it's not um, maybe the the standard understanding of Judaism, but there's certainly ghosts and demons and, and an underworld in Judaism. Um, and I wonder how the mythology in the Jewish tradition uh, works with or contradicts the mythology behind Halloween. Yeah. Recently, it's so funny. Um, a teacher asked me uh, 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 specifically, she's like, 
I want to teach something uh, that that's similar to the content of Halloween, about Judaism, because uh, Halloween's obviously coming up, and I have the students who want to learn. Do you, do you know anything about ghosts in Judaism? I said, there's a whole entire page of the Talmud written about ghosts in Judaism, what rabbis believed about ghosts. And there's a whole entire page, uh, basically, that talks about all of the rabbis' experience with ghosts. And it seems that the rabbis, and remember, when I say the rabbis, I don't mean any rabbi like myself or or whatever, but I mean the rabbis, which is a group of the most important um, Jewish religious leaders um, who lived between zero uh, and 500 CE around, who really were the authors and the voices of what we call the Mishnah, Talmud, and all of rabbinic literature. These are the most important thinkers for Jewish thought. What we see within them is that they actually did believe in ghosts um, and demons. They called them mazikim, and they, uh, or damagers. And they literally, the sages believe that everywhere one looked, there are demons everywhere, and that we, um, that that you know, it's just a, a fact of life that demons surround us everywhere, and they're constantly messing with us and playing pranks and doing things to us. Um, it's sort of part of part of life. But what was interesting, what we see with the rabbis about it is that there isn't. There's some stuff about how to get rid of ghosts, like that. That's there. But there's no like actually using ghosts or talking to ghosts or communing with ghosts or using them, using the supernatural for basically any positive. Now, now, why is that? Right? Why is that? It's because of of really the idea that we're supposed to be dependent on God, that the, our only thing that we depend on, at least in the metaphysical world or the supernatural world beyond the physical, right, is God, right? So if we need something, we ask God for it or um, and and if and if we don't know it from God, then we shouldn't know it. Um, it's it's considered a, a violation of the Torah. A famous most famous example is uh, Shaul the king. Um, it's considered a very uh, big uh, uh, violation of the Torah to look into the future, to try to understand what's going to happen in the future by talking to a medium or a witch or something like that. And we see that with Shaul and the famous witch of Endor, um, who he speaks to, um, and 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 of course he's he he sort of. Uh, resurrects uh, Shmuel the prophet for a second to tell him what's going on. And Shmuel is so angry at him because he's like, you know, what are you doing? You know, this is a violation of the Torah. Why are you doing this? But what that implicitly shows is that even the Bible believed in ghosts. Like the Bible believed in the spirit coming back after and haunting and, and, and these idea of witches and everything. This is so, it seemed that the, the writers of the Bible uh, or that within the Torah that admitted that these things were real it's just that we shouldn't be interacting with them as Jews, right? And that's that's the important point here. Make sense? Um, also, as well, um, there was a very interesting um, there's a very interesting interpretation about demons within Judaism as well in terms of creation. Supposedly, um, you know, the world is created in six days, and right before um, the seventh day um, came. Um, God was still working on things. He was still working on creation. He was still creating something. Uh, and all of a sudden Shabbat came and he had to sort of, even God had to sort of like stop whatever he was doing or she was doing. Right. And, and then all of a sudden, um, and, and we were kind of left with whatever it was because even God had to stop on Shabbat. Right. So this is very, very important. Right. And what those things, um, came, those unfinished creations became, were actually demons, right? That's 
the kind of ideological story for the rabbis or the founding story of where demons come from or these spirits, these bad spirits come from or the harmful spirits come from is these unfinished creations. And I think like that idea really is helpful for us. How many of us have unfinished projects, unfinished things, unfinished conversations that we wanted to have that really do turn into demons for us or damage our lives, right? So many of the unfinished things that sort of laying around can come to haunt us. So I always found that particular image very uh, helpful, and very meaningful. I mean, I think all of that, you know, it seems to be that while Judaism, at least some aspects of Judaism, believe in ghosts or have some sort of understanding that there are other spirits in the universe beyond our kind of immediate realm, um, it's not something to celebrate, right? It's not something to have a holiday for. It's not something to revel in. Um, and at least my understanding of Halloween is that it it is, you know, you walk through our neighborhood and you'll see like the, you know, the ghosts and the witches and the scary skeletons and all of these decorations. It seems like that's really an embrace of kind of the underworld or this darker world in a way that Judaism doesn't really seem to subscribe to. Judaism seems pretty adamant that that's something that um, maybe exists in the world, but it's not something to elevate yeah. in the way that Halloween seems to elevate it. Right. Judaism is not about saying the bad doesn't exist or the hard things or the struggles or the, the demons in our, our lives and the world don't exist, but rather that we should be trying to focus on the positive, try to focus on life, not focus on death, of course. Right. And that's why. That's why every time, you know, we, we see these massive skeletons in our neighborhoods and everything like that. And we're like, oh, my God, not again. Here it is. Like, what is what is going on here? Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I think beyond the halachic question, there's a theological question and a values based question that Halloween just isn't our values as Jews. Right. These are not what the Torah tells us are our values, what the rabbis talk about. Um, and specifically, there are. They are values that that we are told that we should avoid, regardless of the questionable origin and the halachic idea of that they're idolatrous practices. I think we could say even more importantly, right, these values are problematic for us as Jews, especially the point where we get into sort of embodying that mischievous spirit and it turns into uh, damaging houses, doing mischief on the streets and that kind of thing. That is, that is totally, um, obviously, antithetical to the Jewish spirit. Um, so these are all very problematic elements uh, within 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 Halloween. But I, I do want to talk about for a second, like, are there are there any beautiful parts of Halloween? Is there something that's sort of redeeming about Halloween that that we should certainly participate in as Jews? Um, is there something is there something nice that, about about Halloween for us? I mean, there does, does seem to be some sort of kind of lost innocence to Halloween. You know, if you put aside the uh, the demonic parts of it. Um, I mean, what other time do we go house to house throughout our neighborhood, bringing our neighbors' doorbells and engaging with them? I mean, it's just, it seems to be a, a ritual of a lost era in some ways. You know, we're not behind a screen. We're not in our own worlds. We're not locked behind our doors. We're kind of out in the neighborhood. And, you know, you, especially at dusk, you see all of the kids running around and having so much joy and, and being part of their neighborhoods and being part of their communities. I mean, there's something in some ways really beautiful about that. Um, you know, in 
Jewishly observant neighborhoods, you do see that on Sukkot. You see people going from sukkah to sukkah and engaging in that kind of community. Um, but in America and in you know the vast majority of America, it's something you really only see on Halloween. I can't really think of another example of that of that type of behavior. Yeah, I remember for myself, like on the night of Halloween, um, uh, Rachel would. We'll talk about this in a second, Rabbi. Rachel would would, would give out candy to the neighbors who came, and I would take. Uh, our dog Louie and out and uh, I would go walking with him because I just I really appreciated seeing all the people out in the streets and all the neighbors decorating their yards and just this, this kind of communal spirit that, that we're all ha- sort of having fun together and seeing all the, the people walking around and the joy. And I think as, as Jews, if we don't absorb this joy and be part of the time when, pe- when human beings are connecting with each other, even in ways that the fact that connection is actually really happening in our neighborhoods is is something really meaningful and something beautiful that I think for both Rabbi Rachel and I, we, we, we want to support and we want to be a part of. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think for us where we've kind of come down to is that, you know, we, we try and be a part of it and that we help facilitate the experience for other people without, without actually partaking in it ourselves. I mean, that's kind of how I grew up and, and something that I think I've brought into our home today. Um, you know, I grew up where, we always kind of made a big deal about passing out candy. My dad would go to Sam's Club or Costco and get huge amounts of candy, even though we lived on a cul-de-sac and got maybe two trick-or-treaters the entire <laughs> night. Um, but it was always a it was always a big deal, you know. I would, ate none of that candy, <laughs> but it was always a big deal, you know. We would get so excited when the doorbell rang and you can pass out the candy, and it, it is special to to be able to facilitate someone else's joy and someone else's celebration of their of their holiday. Um, and I think that there is something uh, really beautiful about that. that can we um, can we help facilitate other people's observance of this holiday without compromising our own separateness and our own commitment to our Jewish values? Yeah, and it, I think it also comes down really simply of like, what are the values we're teaching our children? Right? Are we teaching our value children to be joyous when they receive candy, and they, you know knock on people's doors and demand candy from them? Or uh, are they, they derive joy from giving candy to others, right? And being there and, and actually giving to others. And I think what we want to do is create a culture where it's the giving that brings the joy. Receiving is good and, and the receiving always will be good. Kids will always love candy, right? But um, how do we create a generation of children, of Jewish children who love to give and, and derive joy? And that's sort of Rabbi Rachel, our, our goal in our house, I think. Yeah. And I mean, I think part of that is also about really leading into the Jewish holidays as well. You know, if, if your child's um, understanding of Judaism is only about the things that they cannot participate in, in the broader society, well, that's, that's a, a losing bet. Um, but if they, you know, get the joy out of, out of giving out the candy on Halloween, and also they just had their fill of candy on Simchat Torah a few weeks ago, and they just had a big dance party with the Torah and, and candy apples and all of the great things. And they know that Purim is coming up and they're going to dress up and give Mishloach Manod and have Hamantashen and have all of their joy as well. And Hanukkah is coming and they really lead into all of the incredible Jewish holidays that are out there. Then, you know, hopefully they can and have an understanding of the abundance of their tradition and, and feel so overwhelmed by how incredible the Jewish tradition is that they feel um, excited to be able to help facilitate that joy for other people on their holidays without actually uh, needing to participate in them. 
Right. I think that's the question is how do you reframe things to sort of not, not think of Judaism as what you can't have, but what you can have and what are the unique opportunities we can have? So I, I really did task Rabbi Rachel with this. Um, and and of, of what are, if, if we say that we are not going to do Halloween, and if, if that's the decision and look, each home is different, um, you need to think about this as a family, but if, if you decide, okay, we're going to, we're not going to do trick or treating, we're not going to do something Halloween related. No, what are, what are, what can you do uh, for your sad children who want to go trick or treating or want to be part of a party or um, that kind of thing? How do you sort of reshape that narrative as a parent? Yeah, I mean, I think that, um, you know, creating your own special moments and look, I think it's, it's complicated and we're not going to, you know, pretend like we have all of the answers and there may be moments where the right answer is to say, yes, go out and, you know, spend some time with your friends and be part of, be part of your social group. Um, but I think, you know, really, uh, in really teaching kids to have a lot of pride in who they are and a lot of pride in their Judaism and the incredible traditions that are, that our Judaism has, and maybe even having a conversation about the values that we hold. You know, I think that kids are, kids are smart and they can understand the idea that, um, you know, there are certain values that we espouse and the way that we celebrate and the way that we lift up different parts of our lives really has an effect on who we are and what we believe in. And, and we choose to believe in, um, in God and goodness and life and joy. Um, and that we're not going to participate in a holiday that, that kind of elevates, um, some of the darker aspects of the universe. Um, you know, I think it's, it's worth, it's worth a conversation. It's worth having a thoughtful conversation and, and even sharing some of our own ambivalence and some of our own thinking with our kids and, and working through it together. Right. I ask you, is, is there a value, um, to saying to a, a child, it's okay to be sad, right? It's okay to be sad, right? It's, you know, we are a minority. We're a minority living in this country, a very, very small minority, we don't live in the Jewish homeland where, you know, it all goes by the Jewish calendar. And because of that, we're going to feel like outsiders sometimes. That, that, that is you know, part and parcel of what it means to be a Jew living uh, not in, in Israel, right? Um, now, we've chosen this. This is sort of where we are and we celebrate this and find the good aspects. But if there are no, it would be sort of um, strange to say there are no sad aspects. There are no hard aspects of of, of being that minority. And it's, it's just sort of a reality within the world, right? If you're going to protect your identity in this society of being a minority, you have to be willing to be a minority sometimes, right? That makes sense. Um, so, um, you know, I, I think we also need to talk about holidays like Purim and, and sort of leaning more into Purim. Um, if, if, if it's the costumes that are exciting or interesting and, and, and the partying that goes on, Quorum is just that. Quorum is everything good about Halloween, but without the bad parts. And so I know like celebrating Quorum in Israel is like the most fun thing. It's all the fun partying, communal atmosphere. There's things going on everywhere, funny things, joyous things going on. Everyone's wearing a wacky costume, but none of the spookiness, none of the, none of the horror elements of it. Um, and, and, and I, and I, and I really appreciate those. So I think as, as parents, we can, uh, lean more into a, a Purim and really make that more of a significant event also as well. Um, so I really just want to sum up some of the stuff we talked about, because I think we did really get into a lot of issues. Um, number one, um, I think we, we, we've come to a halachic understanding that observing holidays 
um, created by other religions um, is a no-no in Judaism, right? Like it's, even if it's still, even if it's not considered idolatry today, if it was created by, um, for idolatrous purposes or if, with a foreign, by a foreign religion, uh, by, by non-Jewish religion, it's a no-no. It's something that we probably shouldn't do, right? But beyond that, right, we've also discussed the idea that Halloween, um, the, the values embedded within the Halloween holiday and what they teach our children are also, um, pro- and then what they teach us, honestly, are, are problematic, right? And so they need to be dealt with with some of our, our real core values in believing in one God, subscribing and, and serving that one God and not other forces. Um, and also just the, the, the value, the, uh, you know, uh, d- not focusing on the destructive elements, the spooky elements, the hard, the dark elements of society, but trying to focus on the light and the positive and the goodness. Um, but we also spoke about the idea of, you know, the balance of being an American and wanting to be an American in this world and wanting to observe American holidays and be part of our country around us. Yet on the other hand, maintain our unique, um, Jewish identity and our unique Jewish values and trying to figure out a way that comes together, right? Um, and, and that's going to be a different equation for each family. We also talked about the idea of Jews and the rabbis um, also believed in demons, believe it or not. Um, they didn't um, serve those demons or, or have them do things for them, um, but they, they both said within the Bible and within uh, rabbinic tradition, we see that demons are, are, do exist, at least according to those traditions. And lastly, we talked about the idea of, of how do we honor other people's traditions and other people's happy moments, other, other people's happy times and holidays um, while not partaking in them ourselves. Like how do we, how do we sort of facilitate that and, and, and the beautiful way I think Rabbi Rachel does it and from our childhood of, of sort of giving out the candy and, and finding the joy within giving and not, uh, not really deriving the joy in demanding and receiving, uh, which is, which is you know, the way it usually is. So I think that's us on Halloween. I think that's pretty pretty good. Obviously, there's so much more to discuss. I, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. I mean, yeah. if you're someone who who loves Halloween and really connects to it as a holiday, um, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your opinion on it and your thoughts on it. And we'd love to continue the conversation. I mean, you can email us at livingjewishlypodcast at gmail.com. And we'd love to continue the conversation. Exactly. That would be lovely. And I, and I also want to say our, our child's three. So like, I, I can't imagine when she's like older and sees her friends going trick or treating and is really upset about it. I, I, my disclaimer is I'm not sure how we actually handle it when we actually have a child who is telling us this. I, I don't know what we're going to be doing in the future. This is ideally the way we set it out now and the way we're thinking about it, but we all know uh, when our, our, our kids start demanding things and, and we might have to find other compromises in that regard. So I, I think Rabbi Rachel and I are flexible and that we're willing to grow. Um, in our understanding, um, but this is sort of where we're at right now and the things we're, we're considering right now. Uh, our next podcast topic, mm-hmm. I was excited. One, because people enjoyed this so much. I think we're going to try to put out a podcast every two weeks if we can, um, instead of once a month, so every two weeks. Um, our next podcast topic will be Rabbi Rachel's favorite word. Gratitude. Gratitude. And obviously, in honor of a really great American holiday, Thanksgiving, um, we're going to talk about gratitude and the way we integrate those practices in our lives, um, where gratitude is highlighted within Judaism, what it has to do with Thanksgiving, and how we can talk about uh, the Jewish connection to Halloween. We'll talk a little bit about turkeys. It'll be great. 
Um, and so it's going to be a great episode. Look forward to it. You should see it in about two weeks. Of course, remember to subscribe to our podcast. Remember to review it. Uh, and thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate it. Have a great rest of the day, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Celebrate the words of Torah with Marcus. And-